Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, guys? I just want to let you know that I am a proud member of the Giant Size Team-Up Network. If you like this show, and if you're listening to this, I really hope you do, go to GiantSizeTeamUp.com for more shows like this one. We've got shows like Breaking the Panel. They talk about all the hot topics in comic books today. We've got Botched, a D&D podcast. A bunch of friends get together, get trashed, and go through the fifth edition of Dungeons & Dragons. We have Pokemon Go. Many other shows. Please go there and check that out and as always like the blazing defender report and now for your listening pleasure the blazing defender report with your host travis joe welcome everyone to another two-time podcasting award nominee the Blazing Defender Comic Book Report. What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday to you. I hope your Monday is better than most Mondays are, and I hope the Defender can bring a little happiness to your day. Guys, I've been hanging out with the people in the chat. It's been really cool. If you're not on Facebook, you need to ask yourself why, because you're missing out on the live broadcast of the Blazing Defender Report. You can join the chat. The guys were talking about toys right before the show. It was really, really cool hanging out with everybody. Now it's time to get fucking serious. We've got serious nerds to talk about, guys, and I'm here to do that with you. I'm here to sherper you through nerddom and everything that has gone on this week. I'm getting my notes ready. Those aren't my notes. Oh, my God. Where are my notes? Those aren't my notes. Here's my notes. Okay, great. I got notes. All right, yeah, you, I know, you're right, you're like, bullshit, motherfucker, you don't have no notes for your show, you just get on a microphone and start talking, I know that's what it seems like, but I swear to God, it's not, um, all right, guys, really, really quick, um, you have been asking me about the podcasting awards, it was last Monday, the reason I'm out of breath is I had to walk like a foot and a half and grab my sideshow Ragnarok Hulk to show the guys as we were talking about toys and like he's kind of a cool toy and I'm out of breath so that's why I'm out of breath he is like really heavy and like get fucking serious hey big Sam's in the chat you all oh my god the meathead alum Sam Wintershine is in the chat it is a special day yeah, dude, I'm out of breath, man. Me and you need to do some cardio. Because I, I know if my ass is out of breath, your ass is out of breath. Uh, just Big Sam's Row. That's right. No notes, dude. Just fly by to see your pants. That's how we do it, though, right? That's how we do it, dog. Uh, no, that's why I'm out of breath. Because I had to lug a big Hulk over here. I do train, Dan. I just don't do any cardio because that's for punks. Tell them, Sam. Real, real weightlifters don't do cardio. That's getting in and out of our car and walking to the gym. That's our cardio for the day. Um, but really, really quick, I, we did not win the podcasting award. 
That's cool. Like I said, it's done by committee. There are some random um, people that are selected to vote because those people reached out to me and said, hey, man, they picked me to be a judge for the final judging. I voted for you and, and your boys at Botched, the D&D podcast. Thank you so much. Everybody that voted, everybody that nominated, thank you. So it's always an honor. Uh, and, you know, it, it's, it sounds really stupid, but, it, you know, you hear people say, oh, just to be nominated is good enough. It's not. <laughs> to be nominated is fantastic. But you'd really like to win. You know, I'm competitive, so I'd really like to win, but it's cool. Uh, my show's probably not some people's cup of tea. Imagine that. Um, but, yeah, so really, really quick, two two people that I really want to give shout-outs to are The Zone Comic Shop here in Louisville, Kentucky. If you're in Louisville, Kentucky, and you're not buying your comic books at The Zone, you need to ask yourself why. The Zone has everything. Uh, Dan, the owner, proprietor of The Zone, he can get you whatever you're looking for. The dude buys collections. Um, He's got toys galore. Anything you see in a catalog, Dan can get it for you at a very good price. His shop is amazing. You guys need to check his shop out. The Zone Comic and Toy Shop here, right here in Louisville, Kentucky. Go check him out. Support support Dan and The Zone. It's fantastic. Um, Now... My other big sponsor, they've been with me the longest out of anybody, is Collector Zone. Guys, go to Collector Zone Cantina on Facebook. You're going to get exclusive deals. You're going to get free shipping. And I just seen the other day where there's apparently a huge, like, a bunch of forgery pops going around, like exclusive pops that are that are fakes. Uh, Marcos and the team at Collector Zone put out a big uh, PSA announcement on their Facebook page to let everybody know what to look for. These are fake. People are selling them for a high dollar, and they're not even out yet, this certain pop. I'm not sure what it was, but go to Collector Zone Cantina, guys, for all that kind of stuff. Really, really cool. You can actually talk to the owners of the company. If you have a problem, you can you have direct contact. Not many toy manufacturers, or I'm sorry, toy distributors, have that ability. They actually have a physical location now, which they're blowing up, guys. They're blowing up. Sideshow, like if you wanted Hulk, Marcos could get that for you. Uh, Mezco, Funko, uh, they look for exclusives and and put that out in the in the in the cantina for people to IM them. Uh, I mean, when they're gone, they're gone. So it's really cool the stuff that they do at the cantina, and I, I totally, totally. Uh, be- believe in Collector's Own Cantina and it's just a cool like place for collectors to hang out and they'll post pictures of, of stuff that they have and people have these cool displays it's really really cool man I have some pops uh, you can see I have a little like exclusive pop shelf right here beside me you've probably seen it on some of the other shows um, it's nothing like what these people do with their pops man it's really really cool but check those out the Zone Comic Shop and uh, Collector's Own Cantina, guys, on Facebook. Okay, back to the real shit, all the shit we want to talk about. All right, first of all, this is what I have to do, and I'm really glad Sam's in the chat. I hope he stays in the chat. Um, Oh, Sam says the artifact statues are getting bootlegged too. Yeah, man, I see a ton of those on eBay, and I'll be honest, and I think I even told you, Sam, I bought a couple. Like, they were like five bucks. And I'm like, fuck it. If, it. if I don't get it, I don't get it. it. Even if it's fake, 
Uh, I looked at some reviews and some of the people were like, man, even the fakes look pretty good. So yeah, I didn't get it. <laughs> so, and then they, they were gone. Like I couldn't even find them on eBay anymore. So I couldn't even really get my money back, which kind of sucked, but no big deal. Um, but yeah, artifacts, uh, there's any time you have a high-end collectible. Sideshow's really the only ones I don't know that get that get kind of ripped off. I guess Mezco really doesn't either because they're so high-end. Like, forgers are like, fuck that. We can't even make a product even half that close. Um, so, there you go. You get what you pay for. Bottom line, you get what you pay for, guys. Okay. Uh, I hope Sam's still in the chat because I know he and I had talked about Iron Fist on Netflix. Uh, we were big fans of the character, Big, big critics of the Netflix series. Season one was maybe the worst thing Marvel has done. So season two, I wasn't even going to watch it. And then uh, a couple of people reached out to me and said, Hey man, four or five eps in. I think it's pretty good. You should check it out. So I did. Um, I finished it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the entire season. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Now, I know what Big Sam's going to say. He's going to say, oh, my God, the ending was terrible. How did Colleen Wing get the heart of the dragon? Now, this is what I, this is what I will say. Uh, I, I had my problems. I had problems with, with, with some of the, the liberties they took with the mythos of, of Shalau and Kunlun. I, I will say that. But how they wrote in the Pirate Queen of, of uh, was um, My Pay My Ping Bay uh, from I, I believe it was was a Brubaker's run, but I believe it was Ed Brubaker's run on on the Iron Fist, the Immortal Iron Fist, which I had been saying they need to bring those stories in the Netflix series because it was it's arguably the best stories in comic books of the Iron Fist. So, and they, they've done that. They've done that with her. They've done that with Orson Randall. Um, the Ward um, and his sister crap, it, it, it kind of bogs the showdown, but I was kind of vested in Ward. Like, Ward's such a fuck up. And then you find out she's pregnant. You're like, oh, shit. You know, so they've made me invested in these characters that I didn't get two shits for in the first season. Um, yeah, okay, Iron Fist still sucks, but it's it's better than the first season. I totally agree, Brian. Totally, totally agree. Um, but I enjoyed it. And I fucking love Colleen Wing. I fucking love her. Like, she is so hot. And when her and Misty Knight are in scenes together, all I can think of is, oh my God, kiss her, kiss her, kiss her, kiss her. So, I mean, they're really nice to watch. And the highlight wasn't just the fists. Uh, Danny, they, they kind of revamped his character. This is what they did to Danny for me. I'm rooting for Danny now. I think Danny knows he's fucked up. He, does, he didn't deserve the fist to begin with. And I think we all agree to that. And I thought it was a very, very... Um, clever writing how hey man I don't deserve this you're the best person I know you deserve this um, so I just thought that was really cool and, and, and with her having some some heritage 
uh, with the Iron Fist now, it's just really cool, man. I, I, it's, it's, it's really neat. Now, this is what I did not like. Orson Randall is like one of my favorite Iron Fists. He drinks, he's kind of a piece of shit, uh, and he had guns. So now it looks like the, the, the weapons themselves, I believe they're Colts, are enchanted with the, the power of Shalal. Whereas in the comic books, he channeled the power of the Iron Fist through the weapon. Like, he could basically do that with any weapon. And you should be able to, as, as Brubaker um, kind of lets you know through the story. Like, there have been several uh, iterations of the Iron Fist. And they could all kind of use their chi in, in a certain way. Um, but Typhoid Mary. Typhoid Mary, uh, I believe her name's Eva Long. Oh, my God. Eva Long, smoking hot. Um, she was amazing. She was great. And she was such a, a, a departure from the comic book Typhoid Mary. Very, very well done. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I would very much like to get some coffee with Misty, uh, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, I didn't even watch the second season of Luke Cage. Some people said I should have. It was better than the first. I might have to check it out. Uh <laughs> Sam, oh Sam, he just definitely makes the chat interesting, doesn't he? Um, yeah, I don't know how used it is. I think she's young, and Danny wasn't doing nothing to it. So how used is it? I don't know. I bet it's pretty pristine. Let me have a let me have a crack at it, Sam. Uh, then we can say it's used because I will do my best to make sure it's used. Um, but yeah, so Iron Fist season two, man, I don't know. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Definitely some things they could build on. But the way they ended the season, I thought was fantastic. It looks like we're going to get some of this Brubaker Immortal Iron Fist run in the next season, right? I think I think that's what they're going to do. And maybe Danny will be gone for most of it. And maybe they'll make Danny a fucking badass. Like him going, going back to uh, Taipei and... It's pretty cool, and like he kind of looked rugged in that last scene. Him and Ward are hanging out in bars, and you know, uh, interrogating lowlifes and criminals. Dude, that might be a good season three. Who knows? Uh, but I was very, very, very happy with. Um, uh, there's gonna be a little cream in that coffee if I'm having it with Misty or Sam, because uh, I, I don't like solid black coffee. You know what I mean? I like a little cream in it. And uh, I can do that just fine. So, um, Cage was still boring, but villains were just a notch below Kingpin. Wow, that is bold praise. Because Kingpin is arguably one of the best villains Marvel Marvel has done. Uh, so, wow. Okay, well, I might check that out because I love villains. You guys know I love the villains. Um, okay, Iron Fist, seven and a half. Definitely worth watching, guys. And, and I'm very excited for what comes next. Okay. Uh, Venom. I know some of you haven't seen it. Don't worry. It's going to be spoiler free. I just want to kind of hit the high points, uh, the broad strokes, if you will. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I read all the reviews and they were all kind of weird. And what I mean by weird, like I've read some of them on the air last week and it was like, uh, people were just saying this weird shit. Like I was laughing, but I didn't know if I should be laughing and and it was fun, but I don't think it was supposed to be. Um, this is what I foresee with Venom. 
I think it's got the makings of a big cult classic. And what I mean by that is some of the scenes were so bizarre, but yet so entertaining. It's very, um, I don't want to compare it to Pulp Fiction, but it had those type of scenes in it to where you're like, what? Oh my God. Yeah, that's funny. Or yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I thought the special effects were much better than I thought they would be. But the star of the show, other than being Venom, of course, was uh, Tom Hardy. I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I swear to God, this is, this is what I think. I think Tom Hardy is maybe two roles away from being the next DiCaprio or uh, the next Cruise. I mean, just he's one of these actors that can, I think he can do just about anything. And he's, he is the star of this movie. He outshines any lapses in story or plot holes in the story that there might be. Uh, he makes these awkward, encounter, the awkward encounters genuine. The chemistry he has with uh, ah, the chick, I think I believe she won an Oscar. Um, they had a lot of chemistry and you're kind of... You're like Venom. You're rooting for them two to get back together, you know? So it was just a great movie. Um, I just really didn't like... Um, oh, Sam's going to come back. You're going to come back for the Venom review. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm not... Like I said, I'm not getting into spoilers. I'm not getting into spoilers. Um, but it's 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 just it's great, it's a great movie. Uh, I, I, I shouldn't say great movie. I give it an eight which is way higher than I thought I would give it. Um, this is the problem I have with it. I don't really, I don't know how they're going to integrate it. Uh, it's just such a weird movie, and I don't know how they integrate it into the MCU, uh, which I understand why they made it PG-13. Uh, I guess, you know, good writing and good screenplay can, can fix all those problems. Uh, and I guarantee you, when Marvel gets a hold of this character, they will they will fix that. Um, but great movie, man. Tom Hardy, very entertaining. Uh, again, the CGI was much better than I thought it would be. I thought Venom looked great. Um, and it's just their conversations back and forth, man. It was so weird. Uh, it reminded me of the show Happy on uh, FX. Like, if you ever watch that, it was like, it's, it's just so bizarre. But it works. And... Uh, Makings of a cult classic, I think. So, Venom, go see it. I give it an A. Great chemistry. Um, and the post-credit scene. We need to talk about this for a minute. Um, okay, I really can't because it's spoiler-related. But that post, make sure you stay. You don't really have to stay for the last one, even though it's like a preview of, of a Spider-Man cartoon that's coming out. The animation's fantastic. It's not really anything that's, I think, going to apply to the universe going forward as far as Venom and Spider-Man go. But that last, that post-credit, the first post-credit scene was Woody Harrelson. Holy shit. That got me really, really, really excited because I want to see that. And I really think Harrelson and Hardy could have, uh, they, had a, they had good chemistry in that one scene. So just imagine a movie of them going back and forth. I think it would be fantastic. So uh, Venom, good movie, man. Great movie. Okay, uh, something that was really kind of strange this week is a Marvel Facebook page in India uh, released a picture of an axe. Okay, now the internet kind of went nuts with assuming 
that this is Captain Marvel's axe. And where they get that from is the um, Fear Itself run where Odin's brother Tyre, I believe, or shit, can't remember his name. Anyway, he comes back and he's the god of fear and Ragnarok starts and the serpent that eat Midgard and blah, blah, blah. Well, anyway, uh, Thor, or Iron Man actually had Odin make a bunch of weapons for the Avengers and Captain Marvel's weapon was an axe and it looks just like, you know, I got all these images. I got all these images and I'm not even putting them up. I'm talking, I ain't putting them up. Okay, here is, okay, here is the image from Fear Itself. Now, the, these are the heroes that were uh, in, in, in embodied with the the weapons of Asgard, and as you can see, Captain Marvel here, she's got the big axe. Uh, Iron Man had the whole suit of armor. Hawkeye had a a, a bowl. You know, all these weapons were made out of Uru, if I'm not mistaken. So they're all badass fucking weapons to fight the serpent with. Okay, now this is the weapon that Captain Marvel supposedly supposedly is going to wield in Avengers Four. Uh, now, this is all speculation. It looks a lot like that weapon. If it's not hers, whose is it? This is this is uh, art that was leaked from Avengers 4. So, this is going to be a weapon that's used. We're not sure what it's going to be. Um, yeah, I got graphics now, Sam. Come on, Sam. I mean, what, dude? Really? You're not a fan? You're not a fan of the Blazing Defender Report? Dude, if I can't get you, I can't get anybody, brother. Uh, so, yeah. So, this is this is her uh, axe, maybe. I don't know. But this is my thing. Why does she need an axe if she can move planets? Come on, Feige. Are we retconning already before the movie even comes out? I mean, she can move planets. What she need an axe? Why does she need an axe that Itri has made. Now, you're, okay. This was the image that I really wanted to, Cole Bornson, thank you. You you are correct, Jason, that is right. Uh, Cole Bornson was Odin's brother that was released. Uh, Odin had him imprisoned because he basically wants to fucking destroy everything. And he's the one that started Fear Itself. Okay. Um, there is evidence to support this that Itri didn't make this axe. There, I, the, the graphic, I couldn't shrink it down to uh, work in OBS, and I couldn't find another graphic that would work. But you see, in Infinity War, when Thor, when, when Itri starts the, the, um, the forges again, there are two forges that are lit. So the theory is the axe was also made at the same time Stormbreaker was. And if you Google it online, I'm sure you can find it. I really wish I had it to show you guys, uh, but like I said, I couldn't find it um, to to put in. But uh, oh yeah, and real quick, just since I have images now, this is the Pirate Queen of My Peng Bay, My Peng Bay, I believe. Uh, she was one of the original Iron Fist, I believe. It was like the 1400s or maybe the 1200s. Uh, really, really cool. And this maybe is Colleen's, one of Colleen's ancestors. Uh, just because I had that image, I just wanted to show you guys what she looked like from the Brubaker, the Brubaker series. Okay, um, yeah, so why does she need an axe? 
I don't know. She's so badass, you know. And if you watched the show last week, I showed you Thanos' sword. It's like a double-bladed sword. It's pretty badass looking. Um, So Thanos is going to have him a sword uh, in Avengers 4. Now, you know, we've already kind of gathered that Thanos isn't going to quite be Thanos in Avengers 4. The snap that damaged the glove that burnt his arm... It kind of took something out of Thanos. So even though he has the glove, I don't know if the glove is going to be muted slightly because of the damage to the glove. Like he can't channel the power of the stones like he once could. I don't know. But obviously he's going to have to be muted somewhat. I don't give a shit how powerful they're going to make Captain Marvel. Um, Thanos is going to have to be dumbed down a little bit or kind of watered down for for the Avengers to beat him. Um, Okay. Now, what else do I have? Okay. Was that it? That's it. Yep. That's it. All right. On to comic books this week, guys. Some good stuff, as there typically is. Where am I going to start? Uh, I'll start with Magic Order. Uh, Magic Order by my man, Mark Miller and Oliver Copel. Man, I fucking love Oliver Copel's art, dude. I have loved this series loved it loved it loved it <clears throat> it's been fantastic i love mark miller stuff anyway and the last few years he really hasn't did anything that really got me going magic order has got me going i love it it's very reminiscent to um the magicians if you watch the sci-fi show magicians it's a very adult it's maybe more adult than magicians is if you can believe that this cat right here on the cover his name is gabriel he is the son of the guy that ran the magic order now what has happened here in this whole storyline is there is a group of magicians and they have went out and got a magic assassin this dude is wicked bad um and they're going around killing members of the order now the order's main goal is to keep regular people like you and I from being killed or witnessing the other side of reality, which is magic and all the things that go bump in the night. Uh, This has been a great, great series. It's basically been this uh, rival faction that's trying to wipe out the order. Uh, it's basically been them just wiping member out after member out. So Gabriel and his family, uh, his brother and sister, have been brought back into the fold. His sister's kind of a wild card. She's really kind of cool. Uh, there's so many cool characters in this book. We really haven't got to see a lot of Gabriel. Gabriel has been like, you know what? Fuck magic. And you end up seeing why in the last issue. Uh, I don't want to give it away, but he really suffered a tragic event due to magic. So I think he promised himself and his wife, no more for me. Well, the family's like, look, dude, these people are going to destroy the magic order, and then they're coming for everybody else. So we need you back. Gabriel is like a badass. Like, even though he doesn't practice as much, He's just one of these naturally gifted cats, kind of like a, you know a Stephen Strange um, kind of kind of person. Now Oliver Copel's art again is just the highlight here. This this thing here is called a Time Eater, and the assassins had unleashed this on his neighborhood 
to take him out and anybody else. And basically, if it touches you, it withers you away. It takes all the, t it fast forwards your time. So like all these creatures have just been really, really neat and really original. That's another great thing that this comic book has done. Uh, yeah, even Sam's like, yeah, it's a great series so far. Um, <clears throat> it's, this is, I mean, like, here it is right here. This is the time eater. And you see Gabriel looking up at it. He realizes what it is and he immediately goes into action. And this is the first time we've seen Gabriel. And he pops his wand out and dude, this ain't no fucking Harry Potter story. Let me tell you, this dude wields the wand like a fucking set of nunchucks. I mean, it's badass. Such a great story. Uh, I'm really, really wanting the assassins to get get their ass hated to them. Uh, the rest of the Magic Order, before all this happens, they go to basically parlay with the assassins or this rival group that's wanting to take them down. And uh, they're like, look, man, we'll let you in the order, but all the killing has to stop. Like They're, they're trying to negotiate terms of a settlement, basically. And this chick, she's like in this gimp suit. She's kind of hot. Uh, we don't know who she is yet. Evidently, her father was part of the order at one time. And he, she was a wild card. And he wouldn't let her in. Like, she didn't get to get into the magic order. So, I guess she's still jaded. Imagine that, a chick being jaded about something. Ooh, my God, that's original. But no. Um, so... She's basically like, oh, this isn't, we're not settling terms. We're wiping all of you motherfuckers out. And your buddy Gabriel, he's basically dead anyway. We're just making it official today. So, well, they underestimated Gabriel. Gabriel's the one that's going to hand them their ass. And at the end of the story, Gabriel's basically like, uh, this shit means fucking war. You come after my wife. It's on now, bitches. I say we go after them. So I'm really excited for the next issue. Magic Order has been fantastic. It's been an awesome series, guys. You should definitely check it out. Uh, I give it an 8. I give it an 8. I, I Really, every time I read this, I want to give it a higher number. But I have to keep my enthusiasm down and give the issue what it deserves. It was an 8. It's a great number. But I just, you know, this has really hit me... Uh, it's something different than capes and heroes. It's magic related, which I don't read a lot of magic related comic books. And uh, it's just been really, really good. And again, it's very adult. It's very violent. Oliver Copel's art is amazing and he draws it perfectly. So magic order, definitely check that shit out. Okay. Uh, Ooh, that's not the one I want. Here it is. Okay. The next book, guys, I kind of previewed it last week because I was very excited about it, and it is Deathstroke. Um, Deathstroke is, is, has been a great title. I love the way Christopher Priest writes. I love the way he's done Deathstroke. The Batman versus Deathstroke I thought was amazing. Um, it's his, his writing style is... It looks like it's haphazard at first. Like, you're like, what the fuck is going on? But like Tom King, but not like Tom King, he always brings it together at the end. Now, Deathstroke, for whatever reason, has been admitted into Arkham Asylum. All the Batman rogues are there. And I don't know why he's there. We don't know any of this yet. Um, but he's... He's because of the icon suit, the the, the suit that the Terminator wears. 
he is his AI comes to him in the vision of Wintergreen, his like his best friend. But Wintergreen's like young and it's it's very strange. So what was cool about this issue was is like this scene here. This scene here is a bunch of Batman rogues. Um, and they're in this virtual, I call it the virtual trust tree. Uh, they all have this virtual headset on and they get to come and meet together and basically be their, they, they project their own self image. One guy tried to be Harley Quinn and the therapist was like, you're not Harley Quinn. It was kind of funny. Well, then you've got this cat down here. Uh, if you look at the third panel down, the black dude on the left He's like, he keeps saying he was kidnapped, he's not crazy, he was kidnapped by aliens, they made him do crazy shit, and if you see down here at the very bottom panel, um, basically Terminator's like, would any of you kill me if you had a chance? Like, I'm just asking. And they're all like, yeah, basically. Well, the black dude raises his hand like, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't kill you, I wouldn't kill you. And then down here at the bottom, he's like, Wakanda forever. <laughs> You know, Chris Priest, he finds a way to inject humor uh, where there really shouldn't be any, which makes it funnier. So uh, this was a great panel, and I thought it was really cool uh, to, to, to show you guys that it's, you know, it, it's something a little different. Now, I will say, I was not crazy about this issue. It was kind of all over the place. I really don't know what's going on with Stroke. I don't know why he's there, but I, I know the way Christopher Priest writes He's gonna he's gonna give us a good story, and uh, you know the Joker's there. You know the Joker's there. So I'm very 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 interested in seeing the play between Slade Wilson and the Joker. I think it'd be very very cool. Um, okay. So next book I got for you guys. Oh, what I give it? I gave it a six and a half, and I know that's kind of low, but for me to go say, hey man. Go read this issue of Deathstroke. You'd be like, what the fuck am I reading? And that's not cool. So even though I know what I think's coming, uh, I have like again, I have to give the issue what it deserves on that basis of that one issue that I'm reading. So I give it a six and a half. Even though I enjoyed it, it was a little everywhere. It was a little scattered. That's kind of priest style. Uh, the next book I want to give you guys is, man, I tell you what, this, Donny Cates is on fire. Donny Cates is on fire. He is the next big writer in comics, in my opinion, and he has made me an Inhumans fan. I don't get into the Inhumans. Uh, I always kind of thought they were mutant light, if that makes any sense to you, but I have loved, loved, loved this series, and it started off with a bang. It started off with a lot of crazy deaths that were going to resonate through the Marvel Universe, definitely through the, the universe of the Inhumans, and I was like, oh my god, they, they have introduced this villain called Vox, who kind of looks like an evil Black Bolt, he's fucking badass, okay? Well, the reason this issue is so special is because they actually introduced one of my favorite superheroes in comic books, and that's Beta Ray Bill. Uh, the Inhumans go to him because he was very close to one of the Inhumans that was killed earlier in the series, and they need firepower. 
to fight Vox. Uh, Vox basically took out Black Bolt pretty easily, or he thought he did. You know, he's the hero, right? So they go to Beta Ray Bill, and this is kind of a, in spoiler territory because this last panel here, like Medusa's like talking about war and Inhumans versus Kree, and the Vox Vox is out to wipe out the Inhumans because they won't fight for the Kree. And Beta Ray Bill's like, I don't care about none of that. I'm doing this shit for the dog. Yeah, Lockjaw was killed. Spoiler alert, Lockjaw. I'm telling you, this series has been fucking bonkers crazy. So, Beta Ray Bill is going John Wick on these motherfuckers. And he goes John Wick on Vox in this issue. Now, and this is a great scene where he smashes Vox in the face with Stormbreaker. And he's like, ah, oh. he asked Karnak earlier about weaknesses. And Karnak's basically like, haven't found any yet. Vox kind of fucked up Karnak. That tells you how bad Vox is. Okay? So, after he smashes Vox in the face with uh, Stormbreaker, he's like, oh, I found a weakness. He's obviously weak. He is, uh, he's obviously allergic to hammers. So, and then you got Vox down there bleeding out and shit. Now, there's a big reveal on the villain Vox here. Uh, what's up, Joe? Joe Joe Kostduke is in the chat, everybody. Say hello to Joe. Um, so, we find out possibly who Vox could be in this issue and it's not anything that you're probably thinking because I know I wasn't and I was like oh shit that's tight Donnie Cates man he's weaving a fantastic story I love that they brought Beta Ray Bill in I mean just uh you know like when you was young and you used to read comic books and there would be that guest appearance of someone just out of left field and you're like Oh, fucking dope, man. I love that. Yeah, man. That's that's this. That's that's this right here, man. It's it's a great issue. I give it an 8.5. Almost gave it a 9. Um, the art is pretty, pretty good. It's uh, uh, Ariel Olive Olivetti. Olivetti? Olivetti, I believe is how you pronounce it. I'm sure someone will correct me in the chat. They typically do because I fuck that up all the time. But it's a fantastic, it's fantastic artwork. They great action scenes. This is violent and kind of like a Walking Dead series. Nobody is safe in this comic. Nobody is safe in this comic. Because when Beta Ray Bill showed up, I'm like, oh shit, if they kill Beta Ray Bill, I'm fucking out. I'm out. Uh, but Bill doesn't die yet. Um, so great, great issue. Uh, Death of the Inhumans, Donny Cates, Ariel Olivetti. Um, check it out, man. It's it's. I think I believe this was issue five. Uh, it's been great, really has. Okay, guys, this is this is the reason I love reading comic books. Every once in a while, every blue moon, you'll read a comic that you just read for no reason. I read it because I'd read everything this week already, and it looked interesting. The cover looked interesting, and I picked it up. And this is like the third time this year I think I've picked up a comic book because I thought the cover looked cool. Um, and it was, I loved it. I loved it. And it is Shatterstar number one. I know what you're thinking. Uh, Shatterstar is kind of a dick. No one's going to miss him. And you typically be right. But I don't really know a lot about Shatterstar. 
okay? Uh, what's up, Marcos? Hey, man, I was giving you major major props, major shout-out earlier. You missed it. you have to go back and watch it, man. But uh, glad you're here, Marcos. Marcos from Collector's Zone, everybody. Say hello. Um, so Shatterstar by, okay, Tim Seeley and Carlos Vila. I had no, I didn't know anything these dudes had done. So Tim Seeley has done G.I. Joe. He did the Grayson book about Dick Grayson, Nightwing. And uh, he's co-creator of Hack and Slash and Revival. So no slouch in the comic book department here. Now Carlos Vila has mainly done artwork on Power Rangers and on the Lockjaw series. Was not familiar with him anywhere. Okay, now this is the story. Um, okay, Shatterstar, of course, is from the Mojo universe, okay? And he was bred to be a gladiator to appease the masses of Mojo world, all right? He was basically not even born. He was bred super speed, uh, accelerated healing, uh, military, uh, great military strategist, his bones are hollow, so that allows, even though he has massive bone density, it makes him lighter, so he's way faster and way more acrobatic than somebody his size should be, okay? Uh, and this is a great shot. I love this. Oh, Shatterstar. Like, okay, let's get away from the goofy outfit, okay? Let's just get away from that, because I think that turns a lot of people off. The dude was created by Rob Liefeld, so there's that, okay? So, it, but at least this Carlos Vila guy can draw feet. All right, now this is Shatterstar today, okay? Shatterstar is running uh, basically a condo and apartment building for other, like, dimensional refugees like himself. And the, the issue goes through, and you meet these people he tells you what they did in their dimension. He kind of tells you how they got here, what they're doing now. They're trying to live their life. They're trying to start over like he did. So he's basically the landlord, and it says that down at the bottom. And I love it because, you know, he's still got the tattoo on his eye, but he looks normal. Uh, you know, and he's sweeping. You know, this dude was a fucking badass, but now he's, he's changed his role. He's found something else to do, and he's trying to give back. So, I thought that was really cool. Okay, this is it. I'm interested. What's what, what you got going on here? I'm interested in this. Okay, then what happens is somebody has sent basically an assassin squad to bring him back and all the other dimensional refugees back. Okay, um, he knows most of these. Um, I don't want to call them assassins. We'll call them assassins. We'll call them soldiers, mercenaries, okay? But there's one that catches his eye, okay? Because he's got surveillance cameras. Mojo, or I'm sorry, Longshot, or Longshot. He's actually Longshot's son. Spoiler alert. Uh, it's not a spoiler. You should have knew that. Because um, it's kind of been hinted around that he's Longshot's, Longshot and Dazzler's child. But even though he doesn't know he was born. It, I'm not, I'm getting into weeds. Okay. Staying on point to this issue. Sorry. This is a good issue, man. Like, it made me go back and research Longshot. God damn, I did it again. Shatterstar. Uh, okay. So, he's watching a security cam of his tenants being killed or taken. 
Okay, a lot of them were killed. Uh, which is sad because you kind of get attached to him very, very quickly, very early in the issue. So he sees this chick and he's like, holy shit. And it generates a memory of someone he fought in the in the gladiatorial arena in Mojo World. And her name's uh, Gringrave, which I thought was kind of cool. And if you see in this last shot, after she beats the snot out of Longshot, or I'm sorry, Shatterstar here, and you see right here, she's got like, like a smile on both her fists, and she puts it up by her mouth to make like a grin. Okay? Uh, she's kind of sexy, she's kind of hot, and she's very, very deadly. As you can see, she whooped Longshot. Well, there's more of a story between these two as as you come to see in the issue. Um, I don't want to give anything away because, again, it was just a fantastic, fantastic issue. Uh, it got me interested. Uh, it got me... Um, it got me invested in the characters. And, and, and guys, I've, you've heard me say this before. For, for those of you that haven't watched the show much, comic books are expensive. And you got to grab me because there's other good shit that I'm going to read. In a first issue, it's really, really hard, especially a character like Shatterstar that not a lot of people know about. They might be trying to capitalize on his... I don't know if you call it a, a, a glorious moment in Deadpool or not... <laughs> But um, they might be trying to capitalize on people just knowing the name Shatterstar. I don't know. But this is a very interesting idea. I love it. Uh, and at the very end of the book, basically Shatterstar gets his swords out, gets his outfit on, minus the helmet, thank God. Um, and he's basically going to go get his tenants back. So, and he, because he protected these people. And it's, he says, it's my duty. I was here to protect them. I wasn't here. And you need to find out where he was. It's, that's very interesting also. I'm telling you, man, every page was cool and interesting. And it led another layer to a character that we really don't know a lot about. And not a whole lot of good has been done with him. So pick of the week, dude. Pick of the week, Shatterstar number one. Um, let me get the cover back up. The cover is really cool. Um, it's just a, it's a great idea. It's different. It's new. And it's a character that really should be fucking badass because he doesn't have a weakness. And, uh, oh, another thing I found out that Shatterstar can do that I didn't know, that's just kind of weird, but cool at the same time. He can move his organs around to keep from getting damaged. So I guess if you're going to really put a sword through his heart or his spleen or his liver or something vital, he can move it. Come in pretty fucking handy, right? Um, yeah, so it really he's he's cool, man. And, and a lot can be done with him, kind of like I said about Iron Fist. Like, I feel like Iron Fist is one of the most underutilized Marvel characters that can be so next level but no one's really explored him and kind of fleshed him out more to take that next level. It looks like they might be trying to do that with Shatterstar. I'm all aboard, man. I'm definitely fucking in for the ride. Uh, very, very, very cool issue. 
I give it a nine, man. I give it a nine. Um, it, it, it again, it grabbed me. It got me invested in the in his character and all the other side characters. And we might have a new villain that is ultra cool. This Grengrave chick. I love that man. Like it, it was only on the second reading where I seen her like this, and she's smiling, and uh, and she's kind of like sexual too because like she she kiss she makes out with Shatterstar before she whoops his ass. So spoiler alert. Uh, but no, she's a very very cool character. I think you all are gonna dig it. Um, like I said, jump on board, man. It's um the first it's the first issue. Um, no, he he can block he can block the attack. But if he's blocking attack from multiple attackers, Sam, uh, uh, multiple attackers, he can only block so many. Someone comes through the back and tries to stab him. Whoop. Oh, you was going to hit my liver, dog. I'm going to move it over here. Oh, you're going to hit my heart, dog. I'm moving down here. And then he turns around and kicks your ass. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, no, it doesn't say he's, it doesn't have, like, he doesn't really have maybe maybe that's part of him moving his organs is his uh, probability manipulation. I don't know, but no, it really doesn't say that um, he has any of his father's uh, abilities or his, his mother's, which is strange, right? Kind of makes you think that he was genetically made, and it really hasn't been established in canon that he is the child. But if, if you look at the Wikipedia like I did, because I'll be honest, I didn't know a lot about Shatterstar. I knew he was an X-Force. I knew he's been in X-Men. Um, you know, I, I read some old X-Men with Shatterstar in it. Just never really appealed to me, right? So I was reading his Wikipedia. I'm like, holy shit, man. This dude's fucking... He could be next level. Um, and then they were saying that stuff about um, his, you know, his, his mom and dad. And I was like, oh shit. That's pretty cool. So... Maybe, maybe we're going to get answers to that because it looks like they're going to dive into some of his past. So just a great book, guys. Jump on board. Uh, <laughs> I guarantee Amanda says that, Sam. I guarantee she does. Uh, but guys, that's it, man. That's all I got. Uh, some really cool stuff. Check out Death of the Inhumans. I really, really love that. Magic Order's been great. Shatterstar, great first issue. I'm still on board for Deathstroke. Um, I'm gonna wait for the story arc to run its to run its length before I make a determination on whether it sucked or not. Uh, not off to a great start, but not off to a bad start either because I know Priest is writing. But other than that, man, we got a lot of stuff about Captain Marvel, Venom. Uh, maybe Big Sam's gonna come back on the show for us to do a Venom review. Maybe we do it at the Zone. Uh, Dan will let us. So uh, a lot of cool stuff coming up, guys. New York Comic Con wrapped up this week. Um, I haven't heard any like earth shattering news. There was a lot of great toy reveals. If you haven't seen some of that, man, get online check out some of that. It's they have some beautiful statues uh, and action figures coming from New York Comic Con. But uh, other than that, like story wise, I haven't heard of a lot of great shit. But uh, but if it did, if we do, then I'll be the first one here to let you guys know. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining in on the chat. Guys, every Monday that I'm not working is going to be recording day, usually 6 p.m. If it changes, I'll let you know on the page. Check your notifications. Turn on your notifications. That way, if I go live, you get a notification that I'm live. You can join in on the show. Thank you so much, guys. I'm telling you, man, I love that chat. I love when guys are in there and you're all talking to each other and you're giving me feedback and everything. I love it. Uh, so thank you so much. 
I hope I made your Monday just a little bit better. Thank you for sharing your valuable time with me to watch the show. If you know anybody that likes comic books or you think might like the show, please share it. Like, share it. And, uh, guys, that's it. That's all I got for you. Until next week, man, I'm out. Oh, I can't forget this. Guys, the world's nuts. People are fucking crazy. People are going to kill you if you're a Democrat or kill you if you're a Republican or... Dude, just treat people like you want to be treated. Uh, hold a door open for somebody. Say something nice to somebody. Help somebody pick something up. I mean, I don't give a shit what you do. Just be nice to people. Just don't be a Richard. How about that? Just don't be a Richard, man. Um, and with that, guys, I'm out. Have a happy Monday. Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.